Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Hey everybody, welcome back to Paranormal Heart. I'm your host, Kat Ward. Folks, this is episode four, and I'm really, really happy that I made it this far so far. And before I talk about my next guest, I just want to tell you that wh- where you can find my show. My first episode, you could only find me on Podbean, but now that I have four episodes under my belt, you not only can find me on Podbean, you can find Paranormal Heart also on TuneIn, Stitcher, iTunes, Google+, and if you go to YouTube under Conflict Radio, you'll find Paranormal Heart there as well. So wherever you want to listen, just listen. Paranormal Heart. I'm everywheres. Oh, getting there. So my next guest, I have to tell you, he's near and dear to my heart. I started out my very first interview with him. He has his own paranormal investigative team, actually just himself now, I believe, called Life After Death Society. He has a book called Newfie EVP, Talking with the Dead in Newfoundland, which I highly recommend. It's an amazing book. We'll get him to talk about it afterwards. Called Odd to Newfoundland, Paranormal Podcast. There we go. Okay. So I have to introduce the lovely, the talented Jonathan Mallard. The lovely and talented? The lovely and talented. (laughs) Are you for real? I'm for real. Yes. I'm lovely. Well, I feel lovely, but only because I have you. Aww. Only because I have you. And uh, I'm so happy to be doing this, the second part of our hour-long interview. Yes. And, uh, you know. Forgot to mention that. You guys want to hear the first part of this interview. It was actually released on February 1st. Yes, it was. And it was released at Odd the Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast. You guys can check that out on Podbean and wherever other fine podcasts are. Well, I can't really say sold because it's a free show. Yeah. Are located. How would that sound? That sounds good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for the intro. <laughs> no problem. So, what's been going on? I am the busiest person in the Northern Hemisphere, cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I've fallen apart, and I'm so glad I have an easy interview tonight, because, holy crap, I'm just so busy. Between two kids and a foster kid, paranormal investigating team, looking into writing another book, uh, my own podcast. Oh my God! It's somewhere between there. I try to fit in, you know, at least a little bit of time for my poor, poor, neglected wife. I'm a very <laughs> busy boy. <laughs> I know. I'm always. You're always doing something. Always at it. Always at it. I don't know if it's my anxiety, <laughs> like you know, channeling my inner anxiety, or maybe it's because I'm just over caffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that even possible? I don't think it's possible as a father of three. Uh, no. I highly recommend drinking coffee until you can see that parallel universe I'm theorizing. <laughs> Indeed. So what what are you doing now? Are you still doing your – because, folks, Johnny is what I call a expert on EVPs. He, well, he specializes in it. 
he picks up things that it's just amazing. So tell us about what you're doing. Okay, well, first off, I'm going to say this. There are no masters or specialists in our field, which is the film of paranormal research. This I'm is true. Throw this There's no kings and queens or bosses and stuff like that. You got a bunch of lunatics on TV who are <laughs> taking your money every month or so. And you got people like me who are doing it as hobbyists. Realistically, we're just doing our best to kind of find something, some sign that there's more to life than this mortal coil. When we pass on, it's not all going to go black. And I believe in my heart, my paranormal heart, <laughs> that, you know, when I pass on by whatever that is, a piece of me might still remain in here. And uh, rightfully so, there's going to be a big catalog of podcasting shows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It'll always be out there as long as someone fronts the bill on Podbeans. <laughs> um, but yeah. We're in the realm of EVP, or for most people out there who might not know what that stands for, is electronic voice phenomena. I am just, I'm kind of hot on it. Um, if I was to go investigate with your paranormal investigating team, I would be the audio guy telling you to keep it down. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, be running my equipment kind of deal. The, the idea for me is I, I focus mostly on audios because, well, audio seems to give me the most fruit for my labor. Um, you know, five years of investigating here in Newfoundland, which is probably one of the most haunted places on the planet. It is the oldest city in North America after yep. all St. John's where I live. Um, I'm getting a lot of hits audio-wise, and yeah, I wrote a book about it, and you guys can check that out and actually listen to the EVPs. It's called New Fee EVP, Talking with the Dead in Newfoundland. And, you know, from humble beginnings, if 99% of the uh, EVPs I've captured over the years don't impress you, but 1% do and make you think there might be something more to our life in the physical, I've done my job. And uh, that's what it's all about. What do I think EVP is? Is probably where the next question would lead to. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think you EVP read my mind. is well, one of two things. I, I think we might be getting what I like to call a recording in an issue, like an area. So mm -hmm. for instance, there's a haunted train track somewhere. People hear the train running at the same time every month. It might just be a, a kind of a recording, what people will call, uh, you know, a, a repeatable haunting or what's the other one they residual? call it on a TV show? Yeah, residual. Ha, that is a TV <laughs> show term, uh, the residual haunting, that idea. But what fascinates me more is the idea that this stuff might be intelligent and interacting with our world. And that is something that I focus more upon. So the residual stuff, you know, I've picked it up before, but it doesn't really impress me. What impresses me is when you have EVPs that are highly, highly, highly intelligent. And, yes. Uh, you know, check out my book. You'll see some and listen to some that will probably blow your mind. Genuine goosebumps up and down the spine, so to speak. My vision of EVP is that I feel we should be holding ourselves to a higher standard on capturing them. And I came up with this idea called a MADE communication. MADE's abbreviation stands for multiple word, audible to the ear, intelligent, communicated, and in direct response to a question or stimuli. Like, for instance, let's say I'm running my spirit box, okay? Mm -hmm. And I ask the question, is there somebody here with me? And all you hear is, now, to the average person, they're going to say, oh, that sounded like, yeah, wow, that got to be real, Yeah. okay? But you see, that doesn't really fit the bill for a made communication. It's not multiple word. It is audible to the ear. It might even be intelligent communicated, but it's not really in direct response. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah. yeah, I don't really know. But if I ask the same question, is there anybody here right now? And you hear, Ch -ch 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 -ch, 
yes, I'm here, behind you, yes. yes. Now we have an intelligent response that's talking about spatial quarters and stuff like that. It's, there's, there is a difference. So we, I kind of want people to hold themselves to a higher level, so to speak, when they're out doing their EVP stuff. And uh, rightfully so. I believe so much in EVP that I've actually kind of backed off from doing video recordings and taking pictures and focused solely on the audio because I truly do believe the audio is probably better proof okay, that there may be an afterlife. So what do we focus on next when it comes to EVP? I think the field needs to focus on how instead of what. I think it's there. I think it's real. We must now focus on the how. And, uh, you know, I feel that the how can be explained with the old theory that there might be an extra dimension of space or 10 running parallel to ours. Mm -hmm. The idea that this stuff is happening somewhere else, but we are only getting the audio of it. For instance, in parallel universe number five, someone is walking up the stairs. But in our three dimensions of time, we don't get to see those footsteps. We just hear them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's the idea. I think that that is far more plausible. I think anybody out there with a scientific mind would probably gravitate more towards that other than, you know, the fact that we have a spiritual self that survives death. It's a lot easier for people who are more analytical to grab hold of that. There's also more proof of his existence when we get down to, you know, the molecular level and stuff like that in physics. But I don't want to bore the audience with a physics <laughs> lesson. All I'm going to say is if you want to have a real good old-fashioned paranormal time, bust out some particle physics books. It's wild. <laughs> I'll <laughs> get on that. A mouthful for you. <laughs> now, I've heard some people say that they, they, they feel that entities can communicate better through EVPs, like voices, other than photos or recordings. Do you think, do you think there's anything to that? I think, it's, I think it might be possible because it's, it's just a natural way of doing things. Now, I'm going to say this to you, though. For instance, let's say that we've got a picture of a spirit, okay? The holy grail, the full-body apparition on a picture. In order for us to capture a picture of a spirit, it has to exist in our reality, mm -hmm. okay? It has to be here because it has to reflect light. It has to exist here. But reality is there's very few credible pictures. In fact, not very many people out there can capture pictures of spirits, okay? No. It's even harder to prove them that they actually exist. Yet we have millions of EVPs. They're all over the place because chances are the audio is being captured elsewhere. How do we get audio? Well, in order to have a spirit speak to you, it has to have vocal cords that vibrate. It has to be a medium, okay? Mm -hmm. My thought is that perhaps in that extra dimension of space that exists along, you know, parallel to ours, they truly are watching us. It's almost as if they're watching us on TV and we just can't see them. Ah, Does that make sense? That makes sense. I try to put as layman as I can so that even I can grasp it. <laughs> <laughs> For all of the questions, please watch Dr. Who. <clears throat> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Wibbly wobbly. <laughs> a little bit. I'm not a huge Who fan, but my friend Steve Lake and Shannon are, and uh, I actually did a podcast with them on the Who story, and they're they're yep. awesome. Yeah. Cheap, cheap plug. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I I'm a big Doctor Who fan. Yeah, tag them in this post when you put your your stuff up because they will share the crap out of your podcast if you mention them. They're good, good guys. Sweet. Really, really good guys. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good interview. Well, I like all your interviews anyway, so. Well, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I sacrifice quantity for quality when it comes to my podcast. Like, everyone's like, geez, John, you should be doing, like, 
a podcast a week because it works for me. And I'm like, you know what? It don't work for me. And, you know, reality of it is someone said, you know, if you don't do it every week, you should quit your day job. I'm like, my day job pays better than podcasting <laughs> for Will. Yeah. Uh, why would I quit it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just forever a hobby and something I love to do with people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm only doing it once a month as well. For now, anyways. We'll see how it goes. And look how much it's taken off. So Come far. On. Yeah, so far, so good. Four episodes in and you're further than a lot of people I know who's been at it for years. So I think you're doing okay. I, I think so, too. So what's what's the the just having a tongue twister here? What's odd in Newfoundland right now? Oh man, Newfoundland is the weirdest place on the planet. Everybody knows this. I mean, let, let me just just give you some history here, okay? Oldest city in North America. So if there are hauntings, we have the biggest number of them. By Nath. Nath figured that out for us, not me. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a very spiritual place for a lot of people because it's the most easterly point in Newfoundland. And uh, if you're into feng shui at all, mm-hmm. or that you know that that train of thought, you know that metaphysics thought, yep. you know you kind of want to come to Newfoundland for that reason. There's a lot of lore here, a lot of lore. Ghost stories are a huge part of the culture here, and they've been around for a long time. We're also the only place on the planet where a giant squid washed up on the shore. We actually discovered the giant squid and have it in our museum. We have a specimen. So I didn't know cool. that. It's it's real. It's here. Huh. And uh, yeah, I got to love that too. Newfoundland is a strange, strange place. You know, at Christmas, people dress up in Halloween costumes and go trick-or-treating. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's a bit strange. Now, what's that called we again? We celebrate storms. We actually celebrate them because it's usually a day off work. <laughs> Uh, it's not unusual to have a day of plus eight degrees Celsius weather and the next day be pelted with 20, you know, 20 or 30 centimeters of snow. Yep. That's a, a common thing. But uh, there's one thing you're going to know about Newfoundlanders is that we're very friendly people, um, very relatable people, and we're very open to the spiritual side of things. And uh, that's one thing I will say about Newfoundland. Although I've yet really thought a group of people here in Newfoundland who are, shall we say, paranormal nuts like I am, um, for the most part, people are very genuinely accepting of the idea that there is an afterlife. Um, yeah, so there you go. Newfoundland, bit strange. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a bit odd to Newfoundland, but uh, I can't think of a better place to call home. So, yeah, I, I understand that there's not a lot of investigators there in Newfoundland, eh? Not a whole lot. Uh, you got a few people who do, do it private like I do, yeah. Um, but mainly because it's such a small community here. Like we're talking like half a million people in St. John's about it. So, yeah. you know, you got to look at it from a couple of different points of view. If there's only a half a million people by statistics, you know, you're only going to have a few people who are actually investigating. Then you have people who are like myself, jacks of all trades. I wouldn't consider myself an, even an investigator anymore. I, I look at the audio only. So, I don't go through with a full investigation of the grounds anymore. That's not really what I do. I focus solely on audio. In fact, I'm a part of a team waiting for a team to start. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Which is reality. So if anyone's looking for a good audio guy. (laughs) You got him. (laughs) Now, I I still think that you're, you're still considered a paranormal investigator, even though you concentrate mainly on EVPs, on audio. Because you're still researching. Yeah, like, and, and, and here's the thing, too, like, there's no way to define any of this for real, because there are, there is no authority, there's no National Ghost Hunting Society or nothing yeah. like this, like, it doesn't exist, 
mainly because in order for anything like that to exist, there has to be money being made. So yeah. I'm going to throw this after to you. I've been investigating for five years. I've never charged. I never will. I don't believe in this. Until the day I can bottle a Spectre, to <laughs> them, give it to you in a little bottle and say, here's Casper. Yeah. yeah. I ain't going to charge. Uh, and usually when there's no money involved, there's not really an authority. Yeah, in my opinion, if you don't charge, you want to look for more information more so than if you do charge. Like you, you really want to hunt. You, that's not really. I don't. I don't even like the word hunting. I don't like hunting ghosts. I want to find out what's going on out there. I want to research, investigate. Yeah, like my little thing for life after death study used to be RIP, which is research, investigate, pursue. Yep. Right. So that was like our little our little thing because we agreed. You know. We were labeled as ghost hunters. Yeah. Right? But that's like saying someone who's an Olympian is an Olympic athlete. That's it. You don't mention their specialty. Yeah. Like, you're an Olympic athlete. Well, well, well no, I'm, I'm a speed skater. Hmm. Right? Like, it's a bit different. It's a blanket term, really. Right? So, yeah. so there you go. Um, you know, I kind of feel, too, like at this stage in my life, I've captured so much. I've seen so much. Very, very hard to remain unbiased at my stage in the game. And if you guys see my research and the stuff I found, you'd probably be, yeah, you'd probably nod your head and say, yeah, I can see why John might, might want to take the bows and leave paranormal investigating because at the end of the day, you do need an unbiased mind going into these places. And I've heard so much now for five years. I, I don't think I can do that anymore. Yeah. Going over hours and hours of evidence is, is tedious. And a lot of times your mind's going to wander, in my opinion, and you're going to miss a lot of stuff, potentially. Yeah. You know, the only way I could really get through it and do it properly was to basically lock myself in a dark room with my headphones on and just take notes. And, and that's not easy to do when you've got three kids running around, man. It's just... <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not, it's not really easy. And, um, you know, I, and I agree 100%. You know, there's probably a lot of stuff I did miss, but, you know... Uh, I stand by what I caught and, and what I what I showed the world. You know what I mean? It's it's the real deal. And you know, I had person like I, I for example, this Halloween I went and I did a uh, a lit. What did you do? Talked about EVP. I'm gonna use a library here. It's like oh yeah. And uh, I actually was showing my stuff, and someone stood up in the audience and was like, "Uh, so like, you got any pictures?" I was like, "No, I, I focus <laughs> only on the audio." Oh, well, pictures are way cooler, man. I was like, "Well, sure, okay." <laughs> well, I'm not really interested in the audio. I was like, okay. And like, it's those situations where I kind of think in my head, people just don't understand the incredible importance of what, and they probably never will because they watch TV and want to watch Ghost Hunters when I show up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They watch that bag. It's not Johnny Mallard. So <laughs> <laughs> Which they should be oh. listening to Johnny Mallard. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I started saying bro more. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you think you'll be doing another book on EVPs? I don't know. I got a lot of stuff. I could write another book. No problem, really. I could do it. But, you know, there kind of comes a time in your life, too, where you're like, if I write this book and I put it out there for people to see, a true sequel to New Feet EVP talking with the dead Newfoundland, right? Yeah. I feel like if I was to make that sequel, I think I might want to sit on it for another year or two. And I think I want to make sure there's more investigations in there. And I think I want to make sure people are going to really, really, really enjoy it. I want it to be a little bit more history-oriented 
well, you know, yeah. like if I'm spending time in a location, I want people to know about the location, not just what's caught there and, uh, you know, how it all comes together. I think that there is a lot of potential places in Newfoundland that I'd like to visit mm-hmm. and I'd like to get to as well. But unfortunately, life is getting in my way. So, yeah, I'm just going to let the universe decide that one for me, I think, Kat. You are indeed a busy lad. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm so, so glad we did an interview today because I never had to get a shower. So I'm just hanging out here in my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I getting time to get dressed? Really? <laughs> and this is why I only do audio. <laughs> Uh, got a body and a face for radio. That, uh, that's, that's, that's me anyway. I don't know about you. That's how I f- uh, Yeah, me too. <laughs> so when you when you do go looking for your, your um, EVPs, do you prefer historical locations or do you like private residences or do you? Well, there's one thing I talk about in my book and, and it's something that a lot of people kind of like scratch their head about, but I guess I'll just throw this out to you. I don't really believe in haunted locations as much as I believe in haunted world. Mm-hmm. I, I think the entire world is haunted. Agreed. I think this stuff is around us all the time. But it just so happens that there's different parts of the world where the stimuli for a haunting are present. You know, people talk about running water. People talk about different types of minerals. People talk about horrible things that have happened on location. You know, like when these things seem to jive together, like I think of Gettysburg, perfect example, where everything is just a perfect soup of stimuli for a haunting yeah you know historical places obviously if there's anything going on it only makes sense to investigate a place that's older because you have a bigger neck to capture what's ever happening there right? yeah but then you also got places that are brand new like I, I know that i went to houses that are only five or six years old and caught a lot of stuff so i don't know i think it has to do with what might be going on there and of course my good old-fashioned gut feeling yes um, you know i've had gut feeling about a lot of places in newfoundland and have managed to capture stuff. So sometimes you got to listen to your own intuition. You know what I mean? Yep, definitely. Sometimes I feel that ourselves, we're the, the best piece of equipment that you can have. Just go by your feelings. We're also probably the biggest cause of hot things. And what I mean by <laughs> that is I think even if, and I, and I say jokingly, if 99% of my stuff that I caught is proven unreal, okay, is proven to be mistaken identity, so to speak, for stuff I've captured, okay, there's still probably going to be that 1% that's unexplained. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's no doubt. We've got to be willing to accept the fact that we can be wrong. And uh, that is usually enough to tear up a paranormal investigating team as soon as someone says that. <laughs> yes, for sure. It, I'm, for some reason, I'm thinking of the Saturday Night Live skit where the investigators are going in the, in, in the room and first guy just toots. He was a little gassy. And the two people behind them, you know they're they're the they're the audio specialist and they're like oh we captured something and the person who let one go just keeps going say no 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 let's keep going and the other two are saying no 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 it sounded like Raja you know and he's like no 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 it's just for some reason I always think of that skit <laughs> so you you can Fun misinterpret stuff. you can misinterpret sometimes <laughs> no there's no doubt there's no doubt and the thing with audio you know. I mean, let's be honest. We can be mistaken very, very easily. Yeah. Like if you listen to a spirit box, so to speak, like this is why I, I push those main communications on people because like if you're using a spirit box and you're getting gobbledygook, your brain is probably going to come up with and fill in the blanks yeah. of what's there. So unless it's very, very 
intelligent, I probably wouldn't even consider it data. You know what I mean? Like, it, it has to be pretty friggin' awesome for me to consider it. And you've heard some of the stuff I've captured on that device. Yes, and I have. I'll be the argument. There's so many people out there who, who you know, crap all over spirit boxes. There's no way this is paranormal because, for starters, it's a receiver. You're receiving information. So, like, well, well, yeah, but so is your own two eyes and ears. Yeah. Right? The instrument of communication is the world. You're just picking it up with the equipment. Right? I feel in my heart that there's something to electronic voice phenomena and also ITDC, which is what the spirit box would probably fall into more realistically, which is, you know, instrumental transcommunication where you're you're using an instrument. For instance, a ghost turns on and off a light to communicate. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's that it fits into that realm better than actual true EVP. And, uh, you know, to me, a true EVP is when you capture something on just a paranormal or, sorry, just a recorder. You know what I mean? Like, that's yep. a true EVP. You just capture it on a recorder. And then you have your stuff like spirit boxes and everything else. So so there you go. Do you prefer the spirit box or do you like an ovulus? Or do you have a preference? I've never really got behind the ovulus. Okay. Uh, because I've never had one actually work in an intelligent way. It's always just said what's programmed into it. Right. Hmm. For instance, let's say I go to an old hotel with an ovulus and I had the word hotel program I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's just kind of like, man. But see, this is another thing, too. I'm very skeptical of everything that isn't audio, which is one of the reasons why I don't fall on it, too. Right. Hmm. Um, I feel, too, like that's a little bit. What's the word I'm looking here for? It's almost like you're, you're programming it to say what you want it to say. And then it will say it at random times. Yeah. Right. It has a vocabulary that's put into it by some even know who's loaded, say, 200 words into it that it will be pertinent to a building. So chances are they know who's going to be using this place and where they're going to be using it. It will eventually say something that's pertinent to your situation. Yeah. Right? The difference with Spirit Box, <clears throat> and I can make the same argument against the Spirit Box because Spirit Box is constantly shooting out gobbledygook, and eventually you will hear something. Like, let's say I'm investigating a tunnel. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you know, a sound's going to come on the radio where the word tunnel is probably going to be said. It makes True. sense. Yeah. Which is why you need to have those standards. My question is what's the standard you guys use for an, an ovulus, right? Does it have to be five direct words in a row that make sense? Just random stuff that we pick up on, right? So, once again, very hard to do that with an ovulus just based on its design. Do I think it's possible for something like that to work? Absolutely. Yeah. The problem is I've never seen anybody make a good case for it yet, right? Which is pretty much what I did with the spirit box. I made a case for it. And I do that by investigating the same place almost 20 times and see if I can get repeatable data, which I don't with the spirit box. I don't know anybody else who has. I don't either. I firmly believe yeah. you have to go to a location more than once as well. Oh, my God. I mean, upwards of 20 times. Like... Cape Spear, Newfoundland, perfect example. One of the most haunted places I've ever been to. I've been there 22 times now. 22 wow. times. 22 investigations. That's thousands and thousands of hours logged on audio alone. And the reality of it is, none of those investigations, there was nothing. That's wild. 11, 11 or 12 of those investigations, we capture stuff. Yeah. So it just goes to show you, you can go to a location that's purportedly haunted, investigate it, capture nothing, and give up on it. Another team comes in the next night and captures a bunch of stuff. So it just goes it just goes to show that this stuff might also be cyclical. There might be timings during the day or night and stuff like that that these hauntings are going on. Until you've investigated a place a pile of times, 
how could you really start to see a pattern? Yeah. Which is what I found at Cape Spear after so long, after 20 investigations of right now, that if you go down there between 9 and 2 o'clock at night, and you go down there near the end of the month, and you go down there with calm weather, you're both likely going to capture something on your recorders that's creepy and weird. Mm. I can tell you. But a house that I might have investigated once or twice, how am I ever going to be able to be able to subject that? That's the closest we'll ever get to a scientific approach, is repeatable data with this stuff. Because the model, the idea that, that things have to be testable and recreatable and stuff like that, it just completely smokes anything paranormal, especially when it comes to ghost hunting or, or paranormal investigation. So the closest thing, in my opinion, we can get to evidence of an afterlife is repeatable data, which is what people should be after. Agreed. So if you're a ghost hunter out there listening right now, please stay in the same location. Go back as many times as possible. See if you can get the same things over and over again. Try to recreate, recreate, because that, to me, what may be Einstein's definition of insanity, <laughs> may be the key to showing the most skeptical people you know that there might be something to this. Because remember, I came into paranormal investigation as an atheist, and I ain't leaving. Yes. Anymore. Yep. I firmly believe that when you're investigating a location, <clears throat> try and find out the time that it usually happens, and go at about the same time. I always like to find out what the weather was. I like to find out what the barometric pressure was. I like to find out all these little details as well. And once you've investigated at the at about the same the same um, ingredients, I, I I guess I could say for lack of a better term. Uh, go back at other times and see if you can pick anything up. But like you said, go multiple times because you never know what you're going to get. And remember that TV shows are just TV shows. Entertaining. The reason why people investigate the dark is because, as my good friend Dave Browntree once said in an interview with me, it sells cornflakes. That's the reason why. <laughs> yeah. People want to watch shows in the dark and creepy. That's the reason why. Some of the best EVPs I've ever caught are in the daylight Yep. Mid-afternoon, out in the public in front of people. It's that easy. <laughs> yep. I think a lot of times, too, when people investigate at night is because it's generally calmer and there's not a lot of outside outside noise to interfere, but also for the, the cool factor. Yeah, it's the wow factor. It's the, yep. I'm investigating in the dark. Look at all of our matching T-shirts. Aren't we cool? <laughs> what are, people want that. But the reality of it is... If you're out investigating, you're looking for truth, and truth comes in day and night. Yeah. So, yeah, I highly recommend doing both. I've been to Cape Spears during the day and the night. I'll be honest, things were more active at night. There's no doubt. Mm -hmm. But that's something I learned by going and trying it, right? Yeah. Uh, Anglican Cemetery here in St. John's. I've investigated at night and I've investigated at day. I got one of the best EVPs ever during the day there. And I'll, I'll tell that story right now. That's one of my favorite EVPs I ever caught. It was one of the first times I ever heard something intelligent. It was a standard recorder EVP, no ghost box at all. Mm -hmm. I had a recorder on a gravestone, and I just simply asked, is there anybody there? Is there anything going on? And heard nothing. But then very soft, heard white fur. White so pearl, yeah. When I heard that back in my recording, I said, what the hell is this all about? <laughs> and I looked at some of my pictures I took of the headstone, my gear on it, and I realized that my, my recorder cover was actually a recorder cover with a piece of white fur on top of it. No way. This was during the day. Yeah, so this was during the day. Yeah. This little child I'm 
thinking is what it was because it sounded like a little girl to me was was communicating and saying white fur because she sees in the environment what I have in my hand. This was broad daylight. Wow. Tell me something. Why on earth would I pick up white fur on my recorder in the middle of the day from a cell phone, let's say, by accident? Yeah. Or a plane passing over plane, Or why would something creep up behind the headstone when I was looking and saying, wait, there, why would that happen? <laughs> there is no explanation. The only explanation for me is that there was a spirit who could see me and I got their voice on recorder and they're commenting on something, not listening to my question at all because it wasn't intelligent communicated that way. Yeah. But commenting on something that's in the environment. And look at that recorder head. I used to call it Einstein hmm. because it looked like Einstein's hair. It was all <laughs> white and fluffy looking. Yeah. <laughs> this is... I'm telling you, this was during the day. So there you go. There you go. Okay, Johnny. Well, it looks like it might be the end of part two of our interview. Yeah, man. If you guys want to check out the first part of the interview, it, it was pretty much me and Kat doing our thing, just like we just did then. It was a full half hour. You'll, you'll get it at Odd to Newfoundland. Apple podcast. You can check that out on Podbean. Drop a like, drop a subscribe, get her done. As we say here in Newfoundland, get her done. Get her done, yeah. And uh, enjoy the first part. And hopefully you guys are, are listening to the second part right now. It's an entirety. And uh, make sure you subscribe and like to both, both our shows. Yes, indeed. And I do re highly recommend your book, New for EVP, Talking with the Dead in Newfoundland, because I really enjoyed the book. Because not only it are you reading the book but you also have little because it, it's it's a digital book it's not a, a, a something you can hold in your hands but you actually have some areas you can click on and actually listen to your evps which to me was amazing and i really i really enjoyed that it's fully immersive i mean you can listen to me talk about 12 investigations at that point i had a cave spear and then listen to the things that i caught how they were caught in the circumstances around them it really is the closest thing to something you can do without actually being there. Exactly. Which is what I aim to ha have. So oh, enjoy that book. And also, did I mention it's only like three bucks? Come on, people. <laughs> three bucks. You can't That's go on wrong. Amazon.ca. That's right. Amazon.ca. Go check it out. Um, you can even get a free preview of the book. I think it's like the first 80 pages or something like that. So, so go check it out. Check it out. Go now. Okay. Thank you very much, John. And we'll be talking to you soon. Oh, my pleasure. I can't wait to come back with like episode 400. <laughs> yeah, that'll be awesome. <laughs> We're going to be so old. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe one of us will be gone and we'll, we're, you, you, maybe you picked up EVP on my voice. <laughs> still doing <laughs> the pot, still doing the podcast that way. <laughs> you hear it now. <laughs> Thanks for the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you take care. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. But before I end tonight's episode, I'd like to give a shout out to a fellow podcaster, my good friend, Callum Lichen. He has a new podcast called the Bothy Storytelling Podcast. Now, it's not a paranormal podcast. Callum specializes in what I consider to be a lost art of storytelling. He's originally from Scotland, now lives in Calgary, Alberta. He's an amazing, amazing storyteller. You really have to see him in person, especially. Uh, he really gets into his stories. So you can find his show on iTunes, Stitcher, and his YouTube channel. So please check out his show. Again, it's called The Bothy Storytelling Podcast.
Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions or comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants. 